culture, it just binds uh, the people. It just makes the people to understand who they are. But once uh, in a community there is no culture, and then um, that community is no longer a community. The assumptions which the Department of Minerals Resources had made were that the local residents would be quite happy to have a mine, have the ancestral lands mined. They made the assumption that, you know, the mining rights would be automatically awarded. Hello and welcome to Earth Matters, a national radio program dedicated to environmental and social justice news. I'm Jem Rommeld. This week we're hearing about a community struggle against a proposed mineral sands mine on the east coast of South Africa, known as the Wild Coast. The proponent of the mine is an Australian company, Mineral Resources Commodities, a start-up from Perth which is operating through a local wholly owned subsidiary, Transworld Energy and Mineral Resources. The area is a 22-kilometre coastal stretch of ecologically and culturally precious dunes, and the Pondo people have been using the land to sustain their communities for centuries. They are dead against it. They've been saying no, clearly, for 10 years already. But still, the company is hanging on with the help from the South African government. And it's stepping up tactics in the hope of one day getting their hands on those titanium-rich sands. I spoke with Nonshe Mutuma from the Amadiba community and John Clark, a social worker working in solidarity with the Pondo people. Uh, my name is Nonshe Mutuma uh, in South Africa at uh, Amadiba community, which is Pondo land. Can you tell us where Pondo land is? Can you locate us on the map and, and describe the area a bit? Okay, Pondoland is in south of Durban. Pondoland is one of the very unique uh, uh, place because Pondoland uh, it's, uh, is still a very, we call it Pondoland, it's a virgin land because uh, that is where most uh, people, they, they love to see uh, the tourism, like uh, because the nature is still there, everything is still there, the culture is still there, you know. It's very, very unique out of other places in South Africa. It's a very, very special um, than other, other places because it's still uh, not being disturbed by so many developments. So now Ponderland is at the heart of this struggle about mining by an Australian company who wants to mine this this area of about 22 kilometres um, for titanium. Can you take us back in time and um, tell me about how this began? Yeah, uh, uh, Pondoland, uh, uh, it was uh, before we heard about the, the Australian company, it was a very united and a very peaceful, harmony, loving each other. And then... Uh, when the mining came to area and then introduced that um, uh, they want to do the mining in the area, um, the tension was started. And uh, that time, it was like early 1996, uh, when they said they want to do the prospecting. And they said, no, it's not just mining, but it's just prospecting. But uh, because the people of, uh, of, of Pondoland, 
um, they live uh, on that land and they use the land for agriculture, for farming mostly. And then they said, uh, no, if we do allow the prospecting, uh, it's not going to disturb us the way we live. And then they said, no, it's just prospecting. But um, after we get the prospecting right, uh, we'll do apply for the mining right. And mm-hmm. then the community immediately, um, they said, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the mining, it's not an alternative for us on this land because we use this land for agriculture. We mm-hmm. can't uh, allow the mining and then the agriculture because once um, the mining is already okay or it's already take place, we can't uh, do the agriculture at all. Uh, this struggle uh, with, uh, against the mining here in Pondolen is quite long time. It's more than 10 years. Can you tell me what is a threat, both environmentally and culturally, um, at the site where the company wants to mine? Um, in terms of uh, the cultural uh, activities, uh, our, our, our community is still a, a, a community. And then uh, what they they going to do, they're going to relocate us and then to change our way of living to make us uh, to live in a squatter camp. And then this way, uh, it's not good for us because we have livestock, we have uh, grazing fields, you know, we need a space. Um, and then we, we told them that uh, in 1950s, uh, during the, the, the Pondo revolt, uh, the Pondos fight against uh, the relocation of people because uh, it changed completely uh, the culture activities of the of the of, of Pondos. If you you make people in a squatter camp, you make the people to depend on you because once people they stop uh, uh, producing the food for themselves, um, there's a lot of things is going to happen. Now, uh, like the crime is going to be high, you know, all sorts of stuff. But now uh, people, uh, they practice their own cultural activities, like uh, the, the, the rite of passage is still there in our community. People, they just practice all these cultures. Uh, and then the culture, it just binds uh, the people. It just makes the people to understand who they are. But once uh, in a community, there is no culture, and then um, that community is no longer a community. Uh, it's so difficult to, 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 to live and to, to tolerate each other. That is why um, they said uh, it's going to destroy uh, the cultural activities. And also the graves um, is part of our, our, our life system. Uh, our graves, uh, we don't have so-called uh, the graveyard but we buried uh, our people uh, uh, in, our, in our yard, in, in, in each homestead, these graves. And then once uh, it's going to be changed, and then we'll be going to be put in one place, uh, because we, we still uh, believe in our ancestors. We, we believe that uh, if you do have a problem, you need a privacy to go and sit and talk to your ancestors. But if the graves are just being put in one basket, it's not privacy. That's mm-hmm. what we believe in. 
and also in terms of uh, environment, uh, uh, our environment uh, here in Pondoland, uh, I can say uh, the whole South Africa, there's no place like Pondoland where the environment is still uh, very good and uh, the nature, the, you know, and uh, because this kind of, of mining they want to open here in Pondoland, it's an open cast mining. Firstly, it's, it consumes a lot of water and then it's going to pollute our water as we, we still use the water from the rivers, from the streams. Our streams are very fresh. We never experience any, any, any sicknesses, any diarrhea. Mm. But once, mm. the, once the mining is going to take place, our water is going to contaminate it. And also uh, the plants, uh, 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 we use our plants as our medicinal plants uh, in a very careful way because uh, even our grand-grandparents, they use those plants. We know how to, how to preserve, you know. Mm. And then once the mining is going to take place, all those plants is going to be taken away, it's going to be destroyed. And also, um, the, as this mining is uh, on the dune uh, along the coast, the marine resources is going to be affected as well. As uh, we, 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 for survival, uh, we use to eat uh, the fish, the crabs, and all sorts of stuff. And then uh, the community will lose the access to enter, to go to the sea, all sorts of stuff, because they're going to fence where they do the mining. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Those are the most uh, things that they're going to do it and to destroy the environment. And we can't live where there's dusty because even if they can say they're going to relocate us, but the dust is all over and then the air is going to be polluted and then we're going to be sick. <laughs> That was Nonshe Mutuma from the Amadiba community. We'll hear more from her later. Now, John Clark will tell us how he became involved in the community battle to stop mining and some context on how this project began when a Perth-based venture capitalist was invited there and guaranteed the mining rights by the South African government. And so the company was formed in the hope of exploiting the mineral-rich dunes. You are listening to Earth Matters, produced on the lands of the Kulin Nations at 3CR Radio and broadcast across so-called Australia on the Community Radio Network. And I was uh, told by a friend that there was this wonderful ecotourism experience to be had of a community-based enterprise called Amadiba Adventures and I took my family with me and we had the most extraordinary discovery of a place that even though I'd grown up and born in South Africa, had never thought, believed existed. This incredibly beautiful stretch of coastline of about 25 kilometers in an area known as the Wild Coast. And the reason it's called Wild is because it's very inaccessible. There are these deep river gorges. There's these, it's, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's been in a sense been protected from development, in inverted commas, um, of that sort of mode of development which sees it's all about buildings and structures and mines, etc. And I was thrilled to experience this place, we brought my family there and I just, there were rumours surfacing at the point that 
that there was a plan to mine this area. And, and it seemed such a preposterous idea that I just thought it was, you know, somebody kind of, you know, playing tricks. Um, as it turned out, while I was on this period, on this, this, this horse trail, we, there, are a, there are stretches of, of, of exposed coastal dunes, um, which have a mystery about them as well as to why they're there and where they are. But it turned out that these dunes are actually pretty rich in heavy mineral deposits. Titanium is the most plentiful, and um, that indeed there had been plans by an Australian mining company to get the mining rights. The reason that Mark Caruso from this mining company in Perth called MRC was there is on the invitation of a South African Department of Mineral Resources who had these mining rights were up for grabs because Richards Bay Minerals, another mining company which worked up the coast and had been mining you know, these same heavy minerals for a number of years, had decided that they were never going to be able to profitably mine them and were going to basically kind of have to lose it, use it or lose it. So they were, but they were identified as being you know, fairly lucrative but inaccessible. Now, as I have now been able to piece it all together, in 1996, Mark Caruso was in, looked at this potential kind of uh, money spinner and got a guarantee or a promise out of the South African government that they would guarantee him the mining rights, they would build a road so that they could get the, the, the minerals out because the margins of, for profit on mineral sands are apparently quite narrow and the, and the key issue is that you don't want to transport huge amounts of, of, of ore to distant uh, smelters, and that was why Richard Bay Minerals had given up on them. And he also then uh, was given some money from the South African government of 18 million rands, I'm not sure whether it's in Aussie dollars now, but to basically float a, a, a venture capital company, which is called MRC Limited, on the Australian Stock Exchange in order to attract venture capitalists speculating on maybe making a killing from this and getting some funding from The assumptions which the Department of Renewable Resources had made were basically, you know, kind of a little bit uh, sort of speculative. They just made the assumption that the local residents would be quite happy to have a mine, you know, have their ancestral lands mined. They made the assumption that, you know, the mining rights would be automatically awarded. Um, and I got involved seriously in 2006 when it became quite clear that the local residents were dead against any prospect of this place being mined. And it's now 10 years. The, the community have so far successfully thwarted the, the ambitions of, of MRC, of Mark Caruso and his shareholders. They frustrated the Department of Mineral Resources, who have really felt that the community ought to know better what's good for them, and you know, surely they can see what money's to be made. Um, and they've also been able to, so far, put a stop to the plans for South African National Roads Agency to route a shortcut of the, of the national road uh, alongside the coast, near to this huge deposit, 
which of course was the other third important kind of criteria to make it the, the venture successful. But we're at a point now where you know the it's you know there's a it's an attrition process happening, and it's time for the 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 challenge or the or the the campaign to be widened, because it's not just about the Amadiba. It's becoming clear with global environmental issues that we are now facing, you know, a, a whole new need for a new paradigm of development of a, a, and an attitude to the way we treat the earth. <laughs> This is the sound of the Amadeba community waiting for a meeting with representatives from the mining company Mineral Resource Commodities. In the hope of convincing the Amadiba community that mining is the best thing ever, the company decided to take some community members to see another mine up the coast at Richards Bay. Nonshare tells us about what people saw and why they remained unconvinced. Um, we even tried to say to the company, um, they can, uh, why they're not taking us where there's already mining uh, is already operating? And then we want to see uh, if how those people live and uh, what is their life before the mining started. And then the Australian company did that. Uh, take uh, the Pondolan people to KwaZulu Natal, which is uh, uh, in Richards Bay Mineral Sands. And then uh, when we saw that, uh, people, they told us that uh, before the mining started, um, they were doing farming, agriculture, you know, all sorts of stuff. But once the mining takes place, there is no more farming any longer. And then we take a decision from there that um, mining is not good for us. And they said um, they did promise them that um, they're going to rehabilitate the land. Mm. But rehabilitation, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that uh, when they do the rehabilitation, you're going to work on that land because it's going to take like uh, uh, 50 years the land to be recovered. Mm. And that time uh, the land is still trying to recover. Where are you as human being? How did you survive? Like the community there is so strong and has held off this company for so long already. Um, but of, of course, there are some people that say they want the mine and, and your family is right in the middle. And I was wondering, how has this affected you personally and your family? Um, yeah, since this mining uh, uh, arrived here in Pondoland, uh, it was caused a lot of uh, damage in our families because it's dividing our families uh, through uh, 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 money because uh, I, uh, uh, that's the only thing I can say because it's bribing people, it's giving people min money, it's dividing people and then you can find the families, they are no longer speaking each other, they are no longer um, attending uh, the gathering uh, anymore because people, they don't trust each other any longer. 
But uh, before the mining company uh, uh, arrived, this community was very peaceful. That is why all the time we wish uh, we can have a better solution, uh, this company to back off and then to leave the pondos in a peacefully, in a harmony, and to live their life they used to live before. Because now it's very, very scary when you can't even attend the funeral from your own brother because of your brother is on the side of the mining. And then when you ask your brother, why do you think the mining is good? And then they, the answer is says uh, because uh, the mining is promising money. And then this money is for 22 years. After 22 years, how are you going to survive once you destroy the land? Because once the land is being destroyed, it's irreversible. It's destroyed completely. You can't uh, re rebuild again. In the last year, particularly outspoken members of the Amadiba community who are against the mine have been subject to harassment and attacks by thugs in an effort to wear them down in a war of attrition. The determination by the South African partners of MRC, now I'm not saying that Mark Caruso and MRC are themselves sponsoring with a conscious sense the violence that's happening, and he will obviously deny it. The fact of the matter is that there has been attacks on the local residents who are opposed to the mining. There are, there's a court case now pending against four of them. The most distressing thing is, the most recent thing is that I was interviewing a mother who had had to give birth to her baby under the stars on New Year's Day because she was too frightened to go to the clinic and she was too frightened to stay in her home. Because there were a gang of thugs, you know, creating havoc in the community on a reign of, ter of terror to try and intimidate the local residents to basically move off the land. Where is, where is it up to now? Where's the story? Is the company going to give up after 10 years of consistently facing, you know, the powerful will of the people in Ponderland saying no? Um, it's seemingly uh, the company is not willing to give up uh, because our government, the South African government, is too... Uh, is putting a lot of hands to support uh, this Australian company um, to give them a hope that um, they should not give up. Um, uh, it, it might be uh, the community, they will uh, give up um, somehow um, to allow them to do the mining. Um, the way they do that, uh, our South African government, is to use um, the South African resources, like, for example, uh, 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 the money, to support them to say, and then when they, 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 these services are supposed to come from the government, they, it, it via through, through those, uh, my cousin. And then when he's going to the community, he says that um, these services are coming from the mining company. Whereas uh, we know that uh, the company cannot invest where there is no mining. But um, the government now is trying to uh, keep uh, the company a hope that. Um, maybe in some five years we can say yes to the mining and also uh, the the australian company 
is trying all their best uh, to write, uh, to feed shareholders. Yes, they feed uh, the, sh the shareholders lies uh, that um, everything is fine. Uh, these people, they will say yes to mining, whereas uh, they know from their heart the mining will not going to happen in Pondoland. And then the shareholders uh, keep putting their money in the hope that uh, the mining is going to happen. Mm. So maybe this is something that Australian uh, people can help with to uh, go to the meetings of the company in, they're based in Perth, I think. Um, do you think that's something that Australian people can do or, or how would you like to um, be supported? Um, uh, yes, uh, if um, uh, the, 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 the media of Australia can go to Perth, and then to ask uh, the question uh, through this Australian company, how is it going in, in, in the uh, mining in South Africa here in Pondoland? And then to take it from there, because since they were started, um, they firing uh, their consultants so many times. Now, uh, they, they recently, uh, they were supposed to do the, the environmental impact assessment but the consultant is being fired because the consultant, he, he said that he can't continue to do the environmental impact assessment without a permission from the community because mm -hmm. that community told him clearly that if he come here, they will kill him because they told him that they are not interested. Mm -hmm. And now um, the, the consultant go back to uh, uh, Mark Caruso says that I can't go to that community if, there is no permission from the community mm. uh, because that land um, they told me clear it's owned by the people it's uh, it's owned by pondos nobody can come and uh, decide on behalf of them there will be no mining in pondoland Thank you to my guests, Nonshe Mutuma and John Clark. This has been a snippet of the Amadiba community's battle to stop an Australian company mining their homelands on the wild coast of South Africa. It's definitely not over, with the company still intending to start exploration drilling any day now, despite being kicked out several times. A fantastic film, The Shorebreak, has been made about the battle and the producers have some resources on their website, including a petition to the shareholders of mineral resource commodities. The website is allofthews.theshorebreakmovie.com. Nonche asked if anyone can help get media attention in Australia and help deliver that petition at the company's AGM in Perth in May this year. If you are interested, get in touch by emailing earthmatters3cr at gmail.com or calling up the station on 03-9419-8377. This is Earth Matters, produced on Wurundjeri Country at 3CR Radio and broadcast all across these stolen lands we call Australia on the Community Radio Network. My name is Jem Rommeld, and the music you've heard on this show is from Tombe Thongo, who created a lot of the music on the Shore Break film. Thanks for listening, and tune in next week for another episode of Earth Matters.
Radio, an exhibition celebrating 40 years of 3CR. From the 18th of March till the 23rd of April, the exhibition will feature new work by contemporary artists, rare audio, 3CR ephemera, archival posters and photos, live on-site broadcasts and music events. Come along to the opening night, Friday, March 18th from 6pm at Gertrude Contemporary Art Gallery, 200 Gertrude Street, Fitzroy. For more information, visit the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au. 